Hi, and welcome to It's Your House, Your Home, our podcast about how to make everything in your house about your home, how to turn it into that. Welcome, and uh, this week's episode, or today's episode, is going to be about inspections, everything about home inspections, commercial inspections, how to spell inspections, you know, anything anything and everything about that. So we are looking forward to doing that, but before we get started, I want to say hi to my two co-hosts. First off, Tracy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Excellent. Katie Ross here. Happy to be back. Wonderful to have you back. We've also got a guest in along with our subject matter expert. We have another uh, guest in the room with us today, Adrian Galvan, and we'll hear from Adrian when we talk about uh, interior designs. But hello to Adrian. Hello there, everyone. About uh, Your House, Your Home, we are a podcast where we make every effort to talk about and discuss things about your house to turn it into your home. We'll discuss everything from actual products in your home to services that can help and things that will increase the value of your home. Well, that's one of the key components is we want to turn your house into your home. All the things that are discussed are the opinions of myself and my two beautiful co-hosts and whoever happens to be our, our, our guests. And, uh, above all else, we're having fun in the process. So, uh, we might have adult beverages. Today we might have chocolate chip cookies, you know, or whatever happens to be the best things, you know. All right. With that, our guest today, we actually kind of have two guests. We we have a guest and we have a person who's not a guest. Tracy's the not a guest. That's right. And her boss is here, our guest for today, dun, Rodney dun, Twyford. Don't 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 Where's uh, that button? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Rodney Twyford is the owner of Alamo Real Pro Inspections, and he is going to be our guest. So a welcome to you, Rodney. How are you today? Pretty good. How are you doing? Thanks. We are wonderful. Uh, again, you know, we appreciate you being here today. Tell me, Tracy, one thing about uh, Rodney that you think everybody should know. That he's awesome at what he does. Okay. <laughs> And for those of you, you can't see it, a $20 bill is being slid across the table here uh, to do this. But uh, no, and you've been working for Rodney for how long? About a year now. About a year. Rodney, how long have you been in the business? Uh, 18 years. Gosh, Katie, he's been in business almost as old as you are. <laughs> you almost. Were, almost, yeah. Not quite. Since I got licensed when I was three. I mean, he's very I, close. I, I, absolutely. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Rodney, what got you started in, in the business? Well, um, I had a home built, and during that process, I've seen a lot of things go away during that. So I ended up getting involved in home inspections, working for somebody, actually, and ended up buying his business out from underneath him, and it just spurred from there. So you were seeing lots of good things or lots of bad things in association to that home? Not so good things. Not <laughs> so good things. Okay. Uh, and that, that's a good point to bring up right now is home inspections are important, whether it's a new construction build, there's phase inspections, or 
pre-owned homes also need inspections. So just because you're building it brand new doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect. It's all built by humans and you need an extra set of eyes looking at it for you. Awesome. Rodney, what got you into the industry? Well, twofold. One, I'm not any younger. My (laughs) back was going out. I've got degenerative discs in my back. So uh, I came from a diesel mechanic industry. So that was not um, NFL, we sort of say, you know, not for long. (laughs) So I had to start looking for something else to do. So that's what got me into it. Well, that's interesting. I mean, kind of like me is uh, you're in an industry that you did nothing uh, associated with that when when you you know were first you know working uh, as a young man. Uh, what about uh, home inspections do you like the most, or or what's valuable to it? I think educating my client is probably the most rewarding. Um, you know, it's not about how many things we can find wrong with the home. I mean, my, if it was that, our reports would go along forever and ever and ever in a day. So we try to keep it, uh, you know, reality, you know, not so much code. Because, you know, code, by the way, is just a great D. That's barely passing. So we try to uh, go above and beyond that um, so that, you know, it's there's a lot of things that I – comment in my report that isn't necessarily code so it will and, be useful and that's something that you hear all the time or if you're involved in that is you know is that up to code you know is is that uh you know or do you have to worry about does that you know is that covered by code or something and a lot of people don't understand that uh it's probably going to be different in different parts of the country different states different cities counties uh, but for the most part, uh, there's a code for the city that you would reside in. Isn't that correct? Yeah. The uh, International Residential Building Code is what we go by, uh, which is kind of international. But um, there are also authorities having jurisdiction. So your different municipalities may adopt a certain part of that code or may not adopt that code. So. Uh, yeah, different areas are different, and they may strengthen the code also. They may uh, require a little bit more than what code actually requires. And, and an example of that might be is that your code uh, for us living in Texas, down in Galveston or down in Port Aransas, the code for a building structure down there is going to be different than somebody who lives out in West Texas in you know a small town in, in, in West Texas where the wind blows but not necessarily a hurricane force, correct? Correct, yeah. Here we live in a 90-mile-an-hour wind zone, so you have to build to that. Down at the coast, you're going to have to build a little bit different. You're going to have to have the hurricane clips and things of that nature. So that that knowledge of what you do and don't have to do, that's part of you being an inspector? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Easy enough, yeah. I think yeah, that deserves well, a round of applause. Yeah. I don't know okay, about you, well, but, you know. We can, uh, you know, we, can, we can do that at some point. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I'll say, in my opinion, as being on the, the real estate side, I think the mark of a good inspector is that they are able to educate their client but not alarm their client. So if there's something that is um, to be written up but not something that is probably worth earth-shattering or breaking a deal over – being able to describe that or being able to explain that 
to your client is drastically important, in my opinion. I'd agree. So there's a lot of things that we put in the report, and it's it means nothing other than the fact that I saw this. I wanted you to know that I saw that, and that's why I'm commenting about it today, because I know you're going to see it. And wonder know, why I didn't yeah, comment about it. Why I didn't say anything about it. So a lot of things that we put in the report means nothing other than the fact that I know you're going to see it and ask questions about it. I would assume that there are some things that if you're doing an inspection for a home that somebody's thinking about purchasing, I would assume there's some things that have have to absolutely be fixed, and then there are some things that it might be suggested that you fix. And then there might be things, as you were just talking about, I saw this, you know, just wanted you to be aware of it. Right. So it's all about educating the client. And I don't want to be the person to, you know, direct my client to say, you know, I don't want to say, you know what, you need to fix these items and you don't need to worry about these items. I'm going to educate my client. I'm going to let them know why it's a deficiency. And once they get educated on why it's a deficiency, they can make that decision whether or not they have the resources or whether it's in their comfort zone and they can just live with it. And I'll say that there's nothing that's required to be repaired um, unless a lender requires it. It's negotiated between the buyer and the seller. So it's whatever the buyer requests, whatever the seller agrees to, is what then becomes contractually obligated to be repaired. But there's nothing that, unless the appraiser comes through and requires a repair, there's nothing that requires something to be repaired. Can one of you give us an example of some something like that, something that would be required in order to sell the home? Yeah, so I just had a contractor out replacing some wood rot and repainting some chipping paint. So the appraiser came through, the buyer and seller had not agreed that that was an issue that they needed to address. But when the appraiser came through, he decided those things needed to be addressed because it's a VA loan. So we had to have a contractor come out and have those things fixed before we could close. Okay. And Rodney, what's, I know that you do both residential and commercial. Is the standard kind of the same or is there a, a big difference in inspecting a new building as opposed to inspecting a new home? The codes are a little different. There's a lot of them that really do fall in line, but the uh, the codes themselves, like for instance, uh, from the center line of a commode, it has to be 15 inches away from any obstruction on the side of it. Re- uh, commercial, it's 18 inches. So there's some differences in the codes. Um, but as far as the way I do the inspections and my inspectors do them, pretty much the same way. Uh, and I say that because there's a lot of commercial inspectors out there that don't even remove the dead front cover on an electrical panel, uh, don't even access the attics. You know, there's a lot of things that just get neglected in a commercial inspections. It's more about fluff. How big can we, you know, stack of papers we can give you in a report and charge you for it? Mine is more nuts and bolts we do our commercial inspections a lot like we do our home we look at everything what's some of the technology that you use (laughs) that's his favorite Mm -hmm. part i'm not allowed to touch any of it (laughs) (laughs) for good reason yeah so uh the infrared camera i mean i've had that golly since 06 it was i mean it's it's been a 
it was pretty cool the first time I saw it, so I had to get certified. <laughs> and uh, so we boys start, and their toys. Yeah, it's useful for finding missing insulation, active water leaks, overheated wiring. Uh, I mean, everything has a thermal um, energy to it, so it, it really does come in handy. And then the drones. You know, I mean, golly, sometimes I think people from up north are building houses down south because they're making the roofs so steep we can't get on them. So uh, we'll drone those if we can't physically get on the roof or if it's in the dead of the heat. You know, if it's 100 degrees outside, we could possibly damage the shingles by walking on the roof. So we're going to drone it in that instance. So it's a, it's case by case as far as when we use the drones. And I'm just curious, is the actual drone footage part of your report or just the knowledge that you gain from looking at, at what the drone is seeing is part of your report? Well, if there's a deficiency that we can photograph with the drone, then absolutely. And by the way, these drones, I have a 4K picture on them. They see a lot of stuff. You can see water droplets, believe it or not, from 15 feet away. Uh, they're pretty pretty good drones. That's great. What about the crawlbot and the ferret? Yeah, so there's some areas where we can't physically get into a crawl space. It might be muddy. You know, there's a lot of dangerous over uh, hanging wires underneath critters to say the least um so we have a crawl bot that we can send underneath the house and let's see what else do we have sewer camera you know there's been some some issues about inspectors using sewer cameras but that's been overturned by the attorney general so i don't think we have a problem with that so we have all kinds of little tools to help us out well i'm pretty sure that if i were in your business the crawl bot would be used quite extensively <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not about crawling underneath houses or into dark spaces or years uh, ago I thought he was stuck and I thought I was going to have to call the <laughs> firefighters to come get him out cuz he was so far under there and he had to come back out exactly how he went in he couldn't turn around and come out and I kept waiting and waiting, and I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. It was an old home. I was, was getting ready to kick a floorboard out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was – I thought he was stuck. Wow. So, uh, I mean, to me, technology is pretty amazing. Uh, I mean, I'm familiar with the drone. I can imagine kind of what a, the uh, crawl bot does and everything. But tell us a little bit more about the infrared camera. I mean, I've always heard – or or what little I know about it, it was always about, well, that shows heat. Uh, and so, and or water. And it, so water has kind of been the one or, or heat. I mean, I've seen stuff on, you know, Facebook and YouTube where there's an infrared picture of something and it shows, you know, the exhaust of a car is hotter than the rest of the car or whatever. But I mean, a little, can you give us a little bit more insight as to how that infrared camera helps you in determining issues within a home? Absolutely. So, unfortunately, you can buy, anybody can buy an infrared camera. And, unfortunately, not everybody is qualified to determine what they're seeing through that infrared camera. That would so, be me. I mean, there's a, <laughs> it does reflect the sky. It reflects your body temperature. It reflects a lot, too. So, a lot of things that people misinterpret is actually just a reflection of other materials with different uh, energy levels. So uh, the important thing to know is that an infrared camera doesn't see through anything. In fact, it won't even see through glass like we can. All it reads is the temperature, the thermal energy on the surface. So fortunately, because water evaporates, it gives off energy. 
So that's how we can detect water leaks if there are active water leaks. The only way we could not detect a water leak is if that water was actually the same temperature as the material around it, which is hardly ever the case. And you can use it for wiring as well, I would assume. Yeah, so it's uh, it detects the uh, temperature of the wiring. So, again, there's uh, training involved with that, too, so that you know what you're looking at. Because all breakers are going to be hot, so you have to know. There's current going through them, so that's. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. always going to, I mean, they're going to be glowing red hot. And you may think, oh, my gosh, we got a problem here. No, not really. You know, it's 40 degrees above ambient is a good rule of thumb. If that breaker is operating at 40 degrees above the ambient temperature around it, you may have a problem. Uh, the other thing is uh, there's emissivity that you have to work with, too. The emissivity, all materials have a different emissivity value. So you have to take that into consideration. For example, a shiny surface like the back panel of an electrical panel will give off the appearance of being extremely hot, which, in fact, it's not. It's just a different emissivity. I'm sorry. I'm going to need a definition, please. Wow. Webster, can we get emissivity, please? <laughs> Are we talking about emus? Like, what just You have happened? to get certified. Yeah. It's about $1,800. Yeah, that's, that'll be on another show, you know. Can we yeah. have just one show about emissivity, emissivity so yeah. I can learn how to spell yeah. it? <laughs> Say it, spell it, say it, Katie. Yeah. Okay, and I, I just need kind of my simplistic mind. So what you're saying, Rodney, is is that if it's 100 degrees out in the garage and you're inspecting the wiring with your thermal camera and you look at the wiring and that wiring is around 140 degrees, then that's the 40 degrees beyond what the ambient temperature is is it am i understanding correctly if the wire is 140 degrees we definitely got a problem but i was referring to the breaker yeah the breaker itself so thank you for uh, the clarification yeah, yeah, that wire is 140 degrees well that yeah, we're getting ready to have a meltdown yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's kind of Probably what i was thinking i went well I, I better i better ask you know uh, a bit more about that so yeah, yeah. <laughs> when uh in commercial buildings uh, I take it that, uh, you know, whether it be a single entity or a multi-story building, uh, your company does that type of work? Yeah, we, uh, we prefer light, con- uh, light commercial. And what I mean by that is we have no problem doing a shopping center, you know, with several different stores in it. Um, we have done an eight-story historical building downtown San Antonio and didn't really, I mean, it took three days to do that. Um, and there was quite a bit entailed in that. We don't really like to do that kind of um, commercial work. We like to keep it like restaurants. Uh, I mean, I've done, gosh, banks. I've done post office. I've done restaurants, uh, gyms. I mean, airplane hangers, you name it. I mean, we've done so many things, but we like to keep it uh, light commercial. And are most of those new builds, or you're going in uh, that where somebody's purchasing those buildings? Yeah, very seldom is it ever a new build. It's it's typically uh, investors that are purchasing a property. Okay, and and that conversation made me think of another question to ask, and that is, uh, your reports are any are you required to provide any of those reports to the city or the county? Uh, in terms of an ex- of an inspection of a specific building, no, no. The uh, we're doing our inspections for our client, which are like, like I say, they're either a business owner looking to relocate or they're an investor. Um, our reports are between us and them, 
we don't share it with anybody else unless they want us, of course, to share it with their their realtor or their real estate attorney. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, okay. So the residential inspections are regulated in the state of Texas. They're regulated by Texas Real Estate Commission. Commercial inspections, however, are not. So quite frankly, anybody could wake up one morning and say, I want to be a commercial inspector, and they could be legally. I was going to do that today, but uh, I decided to come film a podcast instead. So Yeah, well. Uh, uh, I, I, LLC, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, one of the final things I always like to ask everybody is, do you have a favorite story about something that you have found when you've uh, gone inspecting? Oh, man, gosh, so many things run through my mind, <laughs> some things that aren't quite appropriate. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it, it's never a dull moment, I'll tell you that. It's it, it's really going in the attics. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had the bejeebies scared out of me. Raccoon staring at you. box and... with Chucky laughing or something. I mean, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Little things like that. Uh. I can recall a raccoon staring you eyeball oh, yeah, to eyeball. Yeah, I thought he was dead. So I, he was not. I just saw his foot just so we're clear, he was not yeah. dead. I hit his foot with my clipboard, and he woke up and looked down at me as if to say, "What the heck you do? Wake me up! <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sleep here." <laughs> the, yeah, I, I would assume that wildlife would be one of the things that uh, addicts would contain fairly often. And then there was another house you did that we had a bird's nest that was taller than you. Yeah. Yeah, they, they kind of oh. pile up their nesting materials yeah. right below the gable vents when the screens are damaged. What, like a bald eagle or something? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Like, it was huge. I don't even know what kind of bird it was, but he came out and he was like, I've never seen a bird's nest that big. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, if you weren't doing this job, what would be your fantasy job? that you'd like to leave here today, turn over the all the stuff to Tracy, and what would you go do? Probably not a good idea. <laughs> well, it would probably be on a boat in the coast somewhere, I guess, doing virtually nothing. That, <laughs> I was going to say, would fishing poles be involved? Yep. I feel oh, like there okay. would be some wine involved. the tiki involved? bar? Yeah, that'll work too, yeah. Okay. I feel like there's going to be some wine involved. Floating tiki bar? A floating Maybe? tiki bar, yes. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, best of best of all worlds yeah. or whatever. I'll be a, I'll, I'll be a patron. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, Tracy, you got any questions for your boss? We didn't talk about phase inspections. Do you want to talk about those? About new builds? Well, they're very important. <laughs> I mean. Tell uh, us why. No. Out of sight, out of mind. What are, what are the phases that you inspect? So there's. The most important phases that we inspect are before you pour the concrete. We call that the pre-pour. So what we're doing there is they've got all the steel in the slab. They've got the plumbing run through the slab. Everything that's supposed to, you know, if there's any floor receptacles in a living room, they're all going to be in there. So we're looking at everything before they pour the concrete. Uh, And then there's the pre-cover before they insulate and before they drywall. Those inspections, that's probably the most important one right there. You would think the foundation would be. And the reason why I say the frame is most important is because the foundation is also being looked at by an engineering company who's putting a 10-year warranty on it. So we've got an engineering company hopefully standing behind that as well. The, found, the framing inspection, 
it is what it is until it's covered up and then it won't be a problem until it manifests itself into something that could have been rectified before they covered it. And I'll say the last frame inspection that I had y'all do, there was nine or 10 different trusses that had cracks in them or were completely split and needed to be engineered repaired. And so you need letters showing what those repairs are and that they are approved by the engineer who designed the house. And so if you don't do it at that point, you're probably not going to get that paperwork and you're probably going to have a problem when you go to resell with having those issues in the attic and not having the appropriate repairs done and not having the appropriate paperwork to justify those repairs. Yuck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a client a couple of months ago, and it was probably thirty-two or $3,500 for them to repair some trusses that when the AC was replaced, the AC company cut the trusses to fit the new unit, which, you know, yeah. all fine and dandy if the roof stays up, but it's kind of a big deal. Which is another good reason why you get inspections. Yes. Because plumbers are not electricians, and neither one of them are framers. Right, and, and all interact together. And the other thing is when you get a new roof. So roofers move your vents around and they may come unconnected in the attic. I don't know if unconnected is the right word. Disconnected. Um, and so you might be leaking carbon monoxide after a new roof that you didn't know and your roofer didn't know that they disconnected your vent pipes to your heater or to your water heater. You could have health and safety issues. Or you've got a flu pipe. That, <laughs> Back when. You know, a flu pipe that's putting exhaust gases up underneath in the wood decking. Correct. I had a client call me for an inspection because every time she got up in the morning, she heard crackling noises in the attic. Well, because that's when she flipped on the heater every morning, and that was crackling noises while she's getting ready to burn her house down. Yeah. So. Wow. That's scary. Yeah. There's, there's lots of reasons to have inspections. Well, I mean... W- Mr. Appliance, a few years ago, we used to do uh, appliance installations. We don't currently, but we I was surprised the number of times where we would go to install the vent hood over a range or the dryer vent uh, connection, and we'd be in the attic, and it didn't go anywhere yeah. except into the attic. Right. And when you would tell the homeowners, you know, your your dryer vent doesn't vent to the outside – and they, oh, I know it, it vents into the attic, and it's like, <laughs> well, that's but not it's extra not, insulation. Yeah, that's, that's not, how that works. not supposed to do that. Yeah. You know, and uh, same way with their vent hoods mm-hmm. is that it's like you know those are supposed to vent to the exterior of the home, and uh, you know there's a there, there there's another subject that we could probably spend a whole you know hour talking about is venting, and you know people probably the best one that I came across was. It was a beautiful home. We were installing the appliances, and I started looking at where they had the washer and dryer laundry room in the house, and huge house, and it was about as central as you could get, and every run, every exterior wall to try and run that dryer vent to was 50 to 60 feet away from the location of that dryer. And they had put in multiple 90-degree turns to get mm-hmm. the vent there. And it was like, told the builder, I said, this, this, That's never gonna work. that is never going to work. 
and share it will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, we've got 90 degree. It's all four inch, you know, right. it's all, it's a no. Smooth I, pipe. It's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. Fine. That, that dryer, that little dryer motor isn't going to push the air that far. So, so for years, they actually had a, a rule that from the back of the dryer, it was 25 feet to its termination. And then you subtracted five feet for every 90. Every 90. And two and a half feet for every 45. So by the time you started subtracting those elbows, you didn't have a whole lot of available run. Right. Had to be pretty close to the exterior. Mm-hmm. One more thing I'd like to chat about is seller's inspections. Give us a little information on why those are beneficial. Well... Once the house is listed and you get a buyer wanting to, asking for things to be repaired by the seller, the seller has to hire licensed contractors. In Texas. In Texas. Yeah. So before they list the house, before they even put it on the market, now's the time to save your money and fix these things yourself, or you can shop for the more economical contractor to get these things fixed. Or, you know, if you find something like, say, okay, I found out I need a roof now. Well, I don't really want to put a roof on this thing. Get an estimate. Have that handy for your buyer. Show that you've taken that uh, into consideration. We know it needs a roof. We've adjusted our price accordingly. Please make an offer kind of thing. So there's a lot of advantages to the seller knowing what they're selling before they uh, get blindsided for it in the you know 11th hour. Now, I am not a an aficionado of buying and selling homes. I mean, in my lifetime, I think it's four houses, I think. So I'm not an aficionado at knowing all these things like Katie is. But uh, I, I'll i be watching shows on TV or I'll hear other things where people said, oh, yeah, they waived the inspection. And I hear that and I'm just I, – I, personally, I'm just going – what the, why would you do that? Okay, first of all, let's talk about made for TV. Yeah, okay. That's not real. <laughs> it's not. It's not It says real. reality. You don't look at three houses and pick one of them, and every time you get it, that's not how this works in real life. So, but yeah, there are some people out there who do wave inspections. Highly unrecommend. Highly, highly do not recommend that. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I scratch my head at that one. It's like, I, you know, so that tells me the unreality of reality TV. Right. So reality TV is that the production company has called me on House Hunters and said, my people who are going to purchase a house have already bought their house. They're not going to move in. It's going to be vacant, but we need two other houses to show your house that's listed meets our criteria. Can we film in your house? The people who are buying have already purchased. They already know which ones yeah. they're going to buy. I've it's heard that. Not a surprise. It's, yeah. It's all rigged. Yeah. It's all rigged. It is all rigged. You're right. It's, it's r- Yeah. R- re- real reality. Yeah. Yeah. Dun, real dun, reality. Dun. So, uh, inspections in, in my mind, uh, when our daughter bought her first house, uh, you know, we told her, absolutely, you're getting an inspection. And then when she went to sell it, you know, we told her, absolutely, be expecting that they're going to get an inspection. And I just, to me, it's that's just kind of a best practice. Right. Uh, you know, I just can't imagine anybody doing a, I mean, even if I were going to flip a house, I think I would probably want mm-hmm. an inspection so that I at least would know that, 
part of my flipping process would be is that if you know the the roof is fixing to cave in because the previous air conditioner contractor cut all the trusses <laughs> you know that i would know that and that i could you know try and get that fixed as part of the flip you know sure. to to turn the house factor you know, that into market. your pricing yeah. yeah yeah i always think of an inspection as uh like if you went to the doctor, you're not going to say, well, I just want this blood work and not the rest of it, right? If they're looking for something. So you don't want surprises. You want to know exactly what you're getting into. That's a great analogy. So it's you the know. same thing. It's like a Carfax for your house. That's what I would say an inspection is like. Okay. Well, we've been hearing from Rodney Tracy what, you know, when you are out talking with people about the company, you know, what, what are you telling people is important? It's like Carfax for your house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. no, but I mean, we've come up, we have checklists for things. So I try to present people with ideas. If you're going to put your house up for sale, here's some things that if you uh, take care of this before we come in, um, the house will show better inside an inspection report. Plus it's the health of your home, right? So there's stuff that we, that when we're looking for things, it's what also makes a home exactly what you need it to be. If that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. there's certain things you have to do for upkeep. So um, I I like your analogy about, you know, going to the doctor and saying, oh, no, just blood work. That's all I need, you know. And then I guess uh, to finish up, one major question that I'm sure people are going to ask is uh, price. Why, you know, I'm sure there's just like any other industry, there's a high and a low and people do shop about things. But why is it worth paying the price of a good inspection or a premium inspection as opposed to just getting the basics well for the obvious old adage is you get what you pay for um but there are uh there's a lot of inspectors out there unfortunately that still use this industry as kind of a kind of a you know this is what i do on the side you know i'm retired now and i'm just going to inspect on the side they haven't really invested themselves into their industry so they don't keep up with their education and things of that nature um and you know you get what you pay for so we provide warranties with our inspections the reason why we do that is because i've been in this industry long enough to know that things break you know you get a new homeowner that moves into a house they're going to use that house a little differently than the people that moved out the people that moved out may be an empty nester right they've got this large house that they're only using a third of it so now you get this large family that's going to move in and this poor house is saying okay here we go now we're going to you know our air conditioner is going to be running all day long you know things like that so things do break down when you get new homeowners that's a great analogy. I, I'm I'm adding that to the memory banks is that, you know, a house is used differently by different families. I had never really thought about that before. But as you were saying, if you've got a husband and wife empty nesters in a 3,500 square foot house, that house will be used differently, much differently than if they sell it to a family of four or a family of five or a family of six. With Who's kids. doing multiple loads of laundry, multiple loads of dishwashing, multiple, you know, times they're cooking a day. It's a different experience for that house. Yeah. I, I had never really thought about it kind of from the house perspective of, you know, how people use their house, how they don't use or use, uh, you know, the things within them, whether it be the rooms, the air conditioning, the appliances, whatever. Uh, and and I just know from personal experiences too. Some people are totally fine with their house at about seventy eight 
77. And other people, it's like they run their house at 68 degrees during the day and 62 degrees at night. And, you know, that's way, way different. So, you know, I think that's, that's a very interesting thing. Yep. I agree. So I think, uh, one final question for you. What do you dislike about this industry? Communication, lack of communication. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it's unreal. You know, we do inspections. We know there's no way in heck that these, this homeowner did not know about this, and yet it wasn't disclosed. You know, it's just every, there's just a lack of communication with everything. And, you know, they don't prepare the property. As many emails as we send out, please make sure that the home is prepared for inspection. <laughs> And then sometimes it has to get rescheduled because it wasn't prepared for inspection. We can only do so much as an inspector and still respect the seller's property. Right. Very good. Agreed. All right. Well, this has been a really great uh, experience today. I know that I am uh, learning things and... You know, hopefully those of you listening out there are learning things as well. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Again, uh, the name of the podcast is Your House, Your Home. If you want to drop us an email, the email address is for your house, your home at gmail.com. So if you've got questions for Rodney, questions for Tracy, myself, even, uh, you know, if you just got a question in general, uh, you know, please feel free to drop us an email again for your house, your home at gmail.com. So and four with, is the number four. That's thank you I very much for the yes. clarification. Yes. Yeah. The number four. So again, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, we will be back with another podcast here shortly and, uh, hope y'all are enjoying it.